LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King, and I am a lead pastor in Conway, Arkansas of an established church. I'm not a hundred-year-old church, and I am joined with my co-host, Sam Rayner, co-host, brother, friend. How old is Bradenton? What's Bradenton? Uh, well, it depends on who you ask, but... Um, I'm asking I, you. <laughs> uh, 1957 was, oh, was man, kind of the... You're going to make the, me do math. Um, yeah, that... 62? 62 years. Yes. Oh, I'm pretty proud of myself. No. Figuring that out. Yeah, 62. That's right. Yeah. So, question. What? Are you going to be around for the 100-year anniversary of your church? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's three years now. <laughs> there, was so. some hesi- there was some hesitation there. Well, I didn't know what you meant by it. <laughs> I was like, are, is there a hit out for me? But um, it does bring up our topic. Is that it what de- you were doing? You were transitioning? Well, maybe. Um yeah. Well, and, and as far as is, is there a hit out on you? I mean, I guess that just totally depends on which Baptist circles you're talking to, right? It's if it's um, football season, and I'm cheering for those Texas Longhorns. People don't like that. It's not football. Hey, season. Hey, you? Um, no, it is football season. Y'all got to <laughs> give it up. Um, baseball, y'all have had your two weeks. Now give us back our football. Um, so you're you're the baseball guy on the show, and uh, I am not. But I did see somebody tweeted the Houston score the other day, and it was like. 24 to 3 or something like that. Did you see that? No, I did. Yeah, I missed it. I, I follow mainly the American uh, – well, it is the American League. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't catch that. I've been kind of out of the loop the last couple of weeks. You know, I know next to nothing about baseball, but I do know that that's pretty uh, significant. That's, yeah. that's quite a score. 24 would be would be phenomenal, yes. That would be crazy. And if you're an Astros fan, I'm sure that was a fun game for you. Um, not so much for whoever they were playing, uh, but, you know. But back back to the question. Are, are you planning on being around? I am planning on being around and I'm sort of excited. We're, we're planning. We've already began planning on this 100-year centennial mark. When, and when, to, when exactly is it? I don't know. You didn't <laughs> We've already begun planning, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm the ideas guy. I'm not the details guy. So, um, I do believe it's in three years and the thought right now is that we are going to do stuff throughout the whole year. Um, benchmarks throughout the whole year. Easter, of course, will be a big deal. The actual anniversary will be a big deal. Um, those sort of things, but all of them will have that centennial sort of uh, feel to it. Uh, marker, you know. Yeah. Maybe the goals will be, you know, rounded to the hundred. Those sort of things, um, just to really kind of. We'll do different gifts, all that sort of stuff. But it is in three years, and you are y'all are fifty six, fifty. What do we say a minute ago? Fifty three. So you're kind of a ways away from a big one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got 75 coming up. Obviously, little on. Down you're probably the road. not going to be there for the centennial. I don't know. I was kind of thinking it might be fun. No, I probably won't be the pastor. But 40 more I, you know. years, and you're 30, 39, 39, 70. Yeah. I mean, you might be. It's possible. I might be that guy that's 
I, I'll be that guy that everyone rolls their eyes at and be like, he's hanging on way too long. Way past his tenure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been here forever. We can't get rid of him. <laughs> and this really does, I mean, uh, it's we didn't mean it to be a transition, but it's a great transition for our topic today. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, Josh King, the king of segues. Of segues. I really do spend a lot of time on that. Not for this, but my sermons. <laughs> uh, I spend next to no time, preparation time on this. I have a stick it note in front of me that writes down some thoughts. That's all the prep work for this show. Man, you, you do one sticky note more than me. Yeah, I know. I know it. Uh, so, we're talking about when's it okay to move on or move up. We're talking about moving up. Yeah, when, when should you go to a bigger church? Yeah, and there's a number of, uh, we could say, stereotypes, bad things. People th- roll their eyes and th- whisper bad things about p- pastors who move on up to larger churches. Um, and we do have to put this in a little bit of context. We're both in congregational settings. So, if you are in True. a, uh, you know, Episcopalian model or something like that. Then or, or in the Methodist church, you know, the, the, if, you, if you have an appointment system, sure. uh, when do you move? Well, you, you, you move when you're told to move, um, clearly. But, and but there's still some principles that will apply. I mean, there's still some wisdom. Like, you know, the, the Methodist friends that I have, I've talked to them and it's not strictly like you go there. I no, mean, it's, it's not. They get a little bit of input. They get to talk sometimes if they're doing very well. I knew a, a Methodist pastor at a church and um, they had served at that church for a couple decades. I mean, they just... They didn't move them because they were really vibing with the community and all that sort of stuff. They just didn't move them. So, um, it, it's not it's not hard and fast. So, maybe some of these principles will apply. I think so. But let's talk about so. the, the stereotypes first though, the bad thing. Why would, what are the bad reasons people move or the well, I mean, you've assumptions got, we make? Yeah. When you're talking about going to a larger church, you know, wh- wh- you know when should you do that? And, and, and clearly, the big answer is, well, do what the Lord tells you to do. Go when the Holy Just Spirit tells you. follow the Spirit, brother. Yeah, so, but, and I get that. I get that. Right. But how do you know? <laughs> I mean, there has to be some practical wisdom associated with this. I mean, n- not everyone receives like this, you know, not the angel Gabriel does not descend into your bedroom and say, you know, thou must go now. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> which would be really kind of funny if something like that happened. And helpful. I'd, I would appreciate I'd, that. I'd probably pee my pants. Um, <laughs> and then my wife would get mad at me. Go to um, the larger church. Never mind. You pee. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, obviously there's the stereotype of, um, you know, you're just climbing the ladder. You're just after a bigger congregation because it's more notable or, you know, it, it looks better. Platform. Building a platform. I mean, there's all of that. And clearly that is a problem. So, let's just address the obvious. Do Are there certain people that attempt to climb the ladder, build a name for themselves, build a platform. Yes, of course. But what we're talking about are the cases when, you know, it's time for you to transition and it is time for you to transition to a larger church. What does that look like? That I mean, somebody has to go to these churches. That's an old saying, you know, talking about transitioning. You know, somebody's got to go. Is it you? It's kind of like the lottery, you know, somebody's going to win. Will it be you? Um, somebody's somebody's got to pass for these poor people. You know, comparing moving churches to winning the lottery is probably you know, one of the worst analogies we're going to get po- tweeted at, <laughs> possibly make. <laughs> but the, but you know, I've only I've only had one cup of coffee this morning, so um, I'm on my I'm on my second. You know, did you, wanna, did you did you did you like correct? Did you just lie? Is it is it really your second or is it like your fifth? No, it, it is clear. It is my second. I'm halfway uh, through my second in my second cup. 
Gotcha. My, my second mug, my second Baptist mug. Uh, the, so no, there, there are times to do this. So let's talk about, let's assume for the sake of this podcast, that intentions are pure, that this transition really is one that you're supposed to make. How do you know? Well, before we do, I do want to kind of unpack just a little bit those bad intentions because, you know, just air them out. Let's air them out just a little bit here. Like for one, nobody ever says, I've never, I've never met a pastor who's like, I'm going to the larger church to build my own platform. That's not what they say. They'll say things like, I want to move closer to family. Um, there's better opportunities. Um, it was just time. But, you know, some of the things that you need to look at or consider and you've got to do a gut check, guys. Uh, you got to do a gut check on yourself and say, you know, if you're moving every three years, that's that's probably on you. That may not be God moving you. And, you know, if you're if you're like five or six churches in 20 years, then um, there, there's something going on there. And I think there needs to be a gut check because you've never really led past um, some major milestones there. Not yeah. saying that those couldn't be just natural settings, but I don't know. Some of those, I think it's appropriate, Sam, to air some of our like our bad motivations and call us out on them and say, you got to check. And also to say, I would say this, you're missing out on some really cool things. Like until you're at a church four or five years, you're missing out on some of those things. Right. Yeah, it does. When you move, when you move a lot, it does create a vicious cycle um, that where you, your natural inclination is to think the only way to fix it is to leave. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're moving every three years, man, years three and four are hard. They are. Um, in most cases, they're not always hard, but the vast majority of cases, even in churches that are relatively healthy, to use the term, sure. um, even even in those churches that are relatively healthy, years three and four can be hard because things are beginning to settle into a pattern and people are making decisions as to whether or not they want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, and so, I there's mean, a lot of- you, sh- can, you can go in and drum up some excitement and that'll last, you know, the first year is kind of some honeymoon time for most people. And then you drum up some excitement in that year and you ride that and it's like a wave and you ride and then it kind of goes down. And at that point, when it's going down, people are like, eh, I think it's time for me to move. I can't do anything else here. Well, yes, you can. I mean, it's going to take some introspection. And if the thing you're trying to fix, like you said a minute ago, like the only way for it to be fixed is to move. If the thing you're trying to fix is actually broken inside of you, you're going to take it with you. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you feel that restlessness every three years and you're acting on it, then it probably is you. It, it's highly unlikely that God, that God is, is moving you every three years. I guess that could happen. Sure. But, you know, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this. You know, I made one move, I think, where I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know that that was God's will. The others, I can... I can kind of, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard even looking back, you know, did I do God's will? My mm-hmm. my heart wasn't in a dark place or anything. It's just, was I really being as sensitive to the leading of the spirit as I should have been? And you know, there's, love- so, there's one move that I'm like, ah, I don't know that I, I did that right. And I love that you say that because it's the same with me. Like, there is a restlessness that many, many church leaders face. Very few of us are just kind of like, yeah, I'm where I am for the rest of my life because... That whole, we villainize it. We say building a platform or. Um, but everyone wants to do it for the most part. They do. <laughs> if, if given the opportunity, people would take it. Sure. And there are other things that's like, well, you just want to make more money. Well, yeah. I mean, if given the opportunity, most yeah. would take it. I mean, if your church, your current church came to you and said, hey, we've got room in the budget. We're going to bump you up 50%. It's not like you're going to go, well, hang on, guys. No. I, I don't want the money. Right. 
So, I, I mean, so we have to just be real with ourselves. That's and then, what I'm saying. Let's and just then, hear this out and say the motivations are there. Uh, yeah. Some good, some bad. Some it, that seem bad are actually not bad. And and when you hear – and the funny thing is when you hear of somebody going to another church that you weren't even really interested in, like you know that you're not called there, but it's mm-hmm. kind of one that's prominent and big and mm-hmm. maybe it's in your community. Maybe maybe it's in another community or maybe it's where you're from. And, and you know, you see the person that's going and you're just like, man, I could do a better job than they what could do. What a schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> How did they get that gig? I should have applied or, you know, I did apply and I didn't get it. And, right. and so, you know, we have these – inner struggles that we just don't admit out loud. And right. I've been there. I've done it. Um, thankfully, I am actually in a place where <laughs> I, I do feel settled. Um, you know, not, not not every Monday do I feel settled, but most I do. And yeah. um, I, I'm really enjoying what I do. But I'm, I'm as we just mentioned on the podcast, I'm 39 years old. Man, my 20s, my 20s and early 30s was spent in a lot of restlessness. Yeah. Um, it's there. And, and, it, and it may be age and it may have just been tenure as well. So, you know, if you've started ministry and maybe your late 20s, early 30s, and, you know, your first your first 10 years, I imagine, you, you're, you're getting your feet under you. It's mm-hmm. it, there, there's, there is a lot of restlessness. So, you know, but, you know what has combated that in my life is you and Micah. Just being honest with you guys and being like, hey, I'm thinking of this back when I was in these kind of restless stages. I'm not now. But when I was, I'm thinking about this. And you guys would pipe in, you know, it's like, no, you don't want that. Or no. Yeah, I remember, I remember one longer. I remember one church in particular that was looking at you mm-hmm. and I was just like, you're, you're not a fit. Like, yeah. you know, you don't, and, and you don't want to go there. Right. And, and we have seen since seen some social media posts <laughs> from that church and, and I, I send them to you to and remind you, they to remind so you of like, this bad. is why you did not go. Right. And you well, I would have had to swim out in front of a speedboat and get ran over by that thing because Yeah. They're and bad. it's in a location where you probably could have that's why swam out in front of a speedboat. So, all right. So, those are the bad motives. And we all are the the less – the shadowy motives that sometimes – and I know a number of our listeners are dealing with that right now. Of You're course like, they How are. do I know? Like, I, I love the church I'm at, but let's say in the best of all worlds, this other church really did out of the blue call you. Like, somebody put your name in. I hear people say that all the time. Well, you know, I was just minding my own business. The church called me. And you, you go to asking some questions, you find out by minding their own business, I sent them four resumes and asked five people in the denomination to go talk to them for me. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, um, you know, let's say that. And you're wrestling with like, I love where we are, but we struggle sometimes to make ends meet. Or I struggle to connect with this community because I was raised in a different kind of community or I'm wired differently. Or, um, you know, these sort of things. Or really, they have literally, there have been major decisions, um, as in my my personal story, there are major decisions in which you realize, I don't think I can lead this church any further. I just don't believe they're going to go any further than mm-hmm. this point. And so, um, you're struggling with that right now, listener. And, you know, we're here to tell you, you know, that's a normal struggle. And it's something that you got to walk through. When I was making these decisions, the text that really stuck out to me Man, I hope I'm exegeting this correctly, but when uh, Saul was anointed, uh, the prophet tells him, you know, you're going to go off, do this, do that. And he's very specific. The prophet's like, there's going to be some donkeys. There's going to be some people dancing, prophesying, prophesy with them, that sort of thing. It sounds like a Disney movie. I know. It was very- Dancing donkeys. 
dancing dong the donkeys aren't dancing people are dancing but hey it's the old testament it could happen so the um <laughs> balaam spoke that's right and so the donkeys weren't dancing they were singing that's ridiculous um so at one point though the prophet says to saul then do whatever seems appropriate to you at the time and i think a lot of times we as ministers i hate to say this over spiritualize these decisions and you are following God's will, and I do believe that there is a point at which God is saying, in essence, then do which, – which one do you want? Where do you want to go? Like, I mean, like, follow his will, and sometimes it's going to feel from our perspective that it's a question for you to decide. Which one do you want? I don't believe if you go to this church or that church, then, like, red sirens go off in heaven, and God's like, man, we don't know what we're going to do now because, you know, he chose the wrong path. So, I think we yeah, you know, I, I the idea. I agree with you, you know, and 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 I I don't want to get into uh, troubled theological waters here, but right. I, I do believe that the sovereignty of God is. I have such a high view of the sovereignty of God that He can be sovereign over our choices, sure. in the sense that it may be that you God really is up there, and up there is probably the. That's theologically incorrect, but God really is watching cares. over you, and. And and he, he, you've got two or three choices, and and literally any of those, you could you can honor God in choosing, and and we I think over spiritualizing, and then even worse, not just over spiritualizing, but pretending to over spiritualize a oh, decision, <laughs> you know, so much gag. I mean, yeah, all yeah. the time people are like, oh, I'm just following the Lord's will. Brother. I'm just following the Lord. I'm just it, it. It is like, okay, come on, let's get through all this. Waiting you for know. the Lord to give me some wisdom on this decision, <laughs> and I'm like, well, they just asked you if you want insurance or not. Yeah, right. Waiting yeah. on God, to, you want insurance, dude? Ask for the insurance. Uh, you know, because sometimes, and, and I've talked to people, and they mean it in a good spirit, and they're talking about this church, and I'm like, look, friend, I know that you are a a sound biblical preacher, that you love your church, that you're not building a platform. I know for a fact that you did not seek this out, but it does seem as though all the doors are opening and you actually want it. And that's a problem. Some pastors feel like it's a sin to want to be um, in, a, in a setting that maybe fits the family more, or it just feels like it's wrong to be in what is perceived to be a nice church, you know? And it, that's not wrong. And if no, it's not. Out, well, it's good, it, you know. And and just realize that the grass is always greener. Sure. So, you know, if if you're really thinking like, man, if I could just get to this church or this kind of church, um, you'll get there. It'll be awesome for like a year if you're a good leader, mm-hmm. maybe year two if you're really, really good and lucky. And then by year three and four, guess what? Um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, um, no matter what the church. And that's okay. So, yeah, and that that is fine, but um, I'd say this. You know, there are some times, and, and so there's some really practical. So, why would you move on up? Why would you go to a larger church? Well, okay, family situation is is important. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a buddy um who was pastoring uh in Cayman Cayman Islands, and um you know this there's it's a small place, so you could probably I'm not going to name his name, but you know you could probably <laughs> figure it out. It's a small place. <laughs> And he had young kids. And guess what? The school system there, if you're not if – if I remember right, that if you're not a native, you can't you can't go to the public school system. And oh, by the way, the private schools are so expensive that they couldn't afford it. So, guess mm-hmm. what they had to do? Move. They had to move. I mean, they weren't – and because they, they weren't – it wasn't – the homeschool wasn't really a good option for them mm-hmm. um, because they had a lot of kids. And 
And, and so they had to move. So, okay, was that wrong? No, not at all. Was the season there kind of null and void? No. So, there's, there's family situations. Um, sometimes it is income. Like, you know, you're, you're part-time and you feel the call to full-time. Yeah. Um, and I've shepherded a lot of people through that, even, even some people on my own staff where, you know, it's like, man, I, part-time staff and that they feel a call to full-time. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't have a position. I, I want to keep them. But it's like, all right, now I got to help them. Uh, they're called into full-time ministry. I can't tell them to neglect that call. That would be a case for moving on up, so mm -hmm. to speak. I mean, there's all sorts of practical reasons why God may lead you to do this. Um, my father, he often on his podcast, he talks about one church in particular that I grew up in in St. Petersburg. Um the income level was was terrible. I mean, I grew up in just poverty as a, as an elementary kid. I mean, just absolute abject poverty. I mean, it was bad. I mean, we were stealing food. We called it checking peanut butter and things out of. We we checked it out of the church pantry. And it, uh, looking back as an adult, we were stealing from the church. <laughs> we would we would wait after church after Wednesdays. We'd wait till everyone leaves, mm -hmm. and then Dad would say, "All right, we're gonna go check some things out of the church pantry," and we'd go, you know, take stuff out of the kitchen um, because we had to eat. So, I mean, it's funny. My family's nowhere near. It's like a, a world away now, but that's, that's mm -hmm. how I grew up. Yeah. Uh, so, guess what? He, he, he felt like and, – and he didn't – the problem he would say is that he didn't ask for a raise and they probably would have given it to him had he asked. Um, but if your church isn't going to give it to you, you may have to move on. So, there's all sorts of reasons why – this may be something that you have to do that aren't bad reasons. They're just practical reasons and got to work work through them. And I can hear some of our listeners right now throwing things at their podcast playing device. I don't know what you're listening to us on, but they're saying, ah, moving up to a larger church, the larger church is not better than the quote unquote small church or normative sized church, whichever word you got stuck on. No, it's certainly not better. Yeah, we're not saying that. We're just saying that most people perceive it that way. And so we're saying, you know, when is a good time to move up to those things? I've heard other people say things like there, there, there arises a situation. I've seen this in two different settings. There arises a situation. Let's say um, the wife gets cancer. Uh, let's say uh, she, she, cancer is found or a child has a rare illness. And so I've seen ministers move from a rural setting without access to high-end doctors and those sort of things to mm -hmm. a, a setting that had better doctors. Literally, they just looked for a church. Sometimes they're larger. Oftentimes they're larger in those communities, like let's say Houston that has world-renowned hospitals. They moved down there for the hospitals and sure. you know, moving to that kind of I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't. Not, not, I mean, if that's how God works in your life, yep. nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is, it is, and, and just, you know, when you're looking at it from the outside and let's say you're, you're looking at somebody and they've made this move and maybe there's some reasons that are spoken. Maybe there's some reasons that are unspoken. Don't assume, like, don't, don't read into it. Yeah, you it don't, ain't none of your business. You, yeah, they don't, they don't, yes, you don't know what's going on. You have no idea. For all you know, um, marriage, think about the marriage and maybe mm -hmm. the wife is in a place where, um, you know, you know, or I guess in the case could be the husband too, sure. depending on who the pastor is. Um, so, let's say maybe the spouse is um, struggling 
Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just not working out for the spouse. And, and so there's a transfer. Um, there's a new appointment. There's, um, a, you know, a feeling of being led away into another place because, Hey, uh, it's just not working out here for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to put, well, I would say family first, family first, family first. Well, if that's the case. It may mean that it, you, you need to make a transition. And it, and that actually may be a smaller church, not a larger church. Um, right. Yeah. And I've seen that as well because here's the deal. We talk about this like it is only spiritual. And I believe that the spiritual is the bigger and the preeminent side of what we do. But there is a job description. I have a job description. You have a job description. We have job descriptions. And there may be a church that says this is the job description. It's not going to change. And yet maybe that job description you find out later does not align with the way that God has gifted you. Maybe it does not align with your family and your family values. I know churches that demand of their pastors a very, like, you know, a ton of hours and it, and it kills their family and their families are struggling and they're racked with this guilt of meeting not God's standard, but the job description of a church versus the needs of their family, their young family or something like this. You know, that's an excellent point. And I would what say, if your what if your church changes the job description? That's an agreement you, that has changed, and there's no reason to be mad about it. Just say, okay, that's what you want. That's not a good fit for me. Yep, I'm going to go to the next position, serving God first and my family, and I love you guys. And good luck finding that. I mean, like that's. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. And, you know, I, I have learned, you know, granted, I've not lived long enough to call myself experienced, nor have I been a pastor long enough. I guess I've been about 15 years in, but I won't say I'm, I won't say I'm quite a veteran or anything, but I guess I've been around long enough um, to where, you know, there's, I think that people, I think that there is a small group that has some um, ill, ill motives but I think for the vast majority of pastors and the vast majority of our listeners, the people that are struggling with this are trying to struggle with it in a noble way. Um, I, I really do. I, I want to think the best of our listeners. I want to think the best of pastors. Um, and, and so, you know, I know I've been there, restless. Do I move up? Do I move to a bigger church? Do, what does that look like? Um, I mean, and actually the one that I struggled with the most was moving from bivocational to full-time. Really? I, oh man, I turned, I turned a church down three times. They came back three times and I turned them down three times mm. um, because, and, and here's the thing, I had a great job in the corporate world with a path that even if I didn't stay at the company, I could go to another company and work my way up pretty rapidly. Um, and I was in my twenties and, you know, I had some ambitious things that I wanted to do in the business world mm-hmm. and I did not want to leave. Um, that gig to go full time. Um, but yeah, God did call me away from the corporate world out of bivocational ministry um, and into full time ministry. And it was a larger church. Um, and, and, and ironically, I, I, did, I didn't want it. I liked my little church out in the country that was two hours away <laughs> that had, it had started with six people, if I remember right. It, it ended up being around 30, but um, I liked it. It was, it was a comfortable gig and God was calling me out of my comfort. Um, so there, there are times, there are times, even when you don't want it, that you like, you got to go and, you know, people will think things that let's say, let's say you make a move. You know, I, I recently heard of a pastor that made a move from a church of like 200 to a church of like 2000. Mm. And, and, you know, that's a, as, as we'll say in our world, that's quite a leap there, brother. Quite a leap. <laughs> Stepping over a couple rungs on that ladder. <laughs> Here's some of the things. When I say that. 
there are many listeners will go i know exactly what he's talking about uh-huh. uh, it's it's un- unreal how how some of these phrases just get into you know the pastor world vernacular that's yeah. quite a leap there i i don't know the guy i have no idea who he is um whether or not he's going to be a good pastor i don't know his situation i i don't know anything but your natural inclination is to say what well that's going to end miserably that's, that's going to be bad yeah. and that's going to end poorly and and maybe we shouldn't have that attitude we, we should we we're should horrible people I, maybe it's just me. Maybe all maybe all of our listeners are like, yeah, I don't think that at all. Maybe They're it's far just more me. Than we are. But and as far I as will you, admit, whether or not you're seasoned or experienced, we have a podcast. That's the modern day equivalent of staying at a Holiday Inn last night or playing a doctor on television. We know what we're talking about. We have of a course. podcast. Yeah, we pretend <laughs> every week. We have. A, uh, you know. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is it's okay to have those thoughts. It's okay to think through this process. It's okay to make a move if you need to make a move, but that's on your own soul. You yeah. know, you're gonna, you're going to have to do that soul check. If you if you make a leap like that, let's say you're at a church of 200, some church of 2000 is interviewing you, and by the way, you're going to see that story happen more and more and more because mm, mega churches are finding it yeah. harder and harder and harder to find pastors yep. as the baby boomers retire and as there's very few to take, you know, take on some of these churches. So, mm-hmm. we're going to see this more, not less. Um if that's you, you know what? You, you know, only you can know whether whether that's the right thing or not. I mean, and just, you know, you're going to have to do that that soul check and, and think we're all going to have to get a little more comfortable with, you know, people making some of these transitions. Um, yeah. Will there still be some that climb the ladder? Yeah, sure. I think so. I think I mean, some people look at forever. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's just human nature and, you but know, like, hey, yeah. I, can dub- I can double or triple my salary. That's where I'm going. You know, that's Talk. a really poor reason to go, but that, that, that will still happen. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your friends. Be open. Be honest. Pray about it. Don't seek it out. And then stuff happens, it happens. And that's good. You know, those sort of things. And by seek it out, I mean, don't chase it unreasonably. The kind of people that throw their resumes in everything larger than a thousand people. You know, that's, but, you know, if you're looking for opportunities and you have done some soul searching, you're like, hey, I'm wired this way. These kinds of communities, um, like, like I'm just really more of a rural pastor. I found myself in an urban setting because I took something right out of seminary and it was right down the road, you know. Um, so I'm looking for that kind of setting in these kind of communities and this kind of culture. I'm open. I'm praying about it. Something opened. I let them consider my name or I even put my name in there. And, and that's, that's what I think would be best for my family and my wiring and stuff. Then it happens. Good. Yep. Great. We praise God for that. And we're excited for you. Um, but if you're just chasing, raising, you know, making that ladder, buying another car, bigger house, all that kind of stuff, then, eh, I mean, Oh, well, I mean, it'll find you out eventually. You know, another thought that I've had on this before, or somebody told me, we recognize the larger the the, the, the church, um, it comes with a different set of responsibilities, a, a more, you're handling a larger scale of things, right? I mean, that's just normal. We're not acting like the pastor of a larger church is better than the pastor of a smaller church. Um, it does. It does. Compl- it, require, it requires a completely different kind of leadership. Right. A church of fifty versus a church of two thousand. It, it's a different kind of leader. It's not better, or it, it's it's Absolutely. it's just different. It, I mean, and there are and, you things know, that you learn if you're pastoring a church of fifty uh, that that could apply. That if you if you were to land um, a church of one hundred, let's say. So someone once told me a mentor told me this: um, if you're pastoring, let's say a smaller church. Um, or a 
church that requires a different skill set. That skill set, if you're just sitting there under some false pretense of guilt, but you're able to, God has equipped you to pastor at a larger level um, or a larger scale, then you're actually kind of sitting in somebody else's seat. And this mentor of mine told me, there are people who need the experience that you're sitting in. Like, that's what God is going to use to equip them the same way that he used it to equip you. So go ahead and move to that position and don't feel guilty about leaving this seat open because God has somebody in for that seat. So that helped me feel less guilty about the last time that I made a move. There you go. Where's our time? Yeah, and once you make it, it's done, right? I mean, there's no sense wallowing in guilt one way or the other. I mean, might as well move on. Seriously. Ain't nobody else's business. Don't move up. Move on. That's right. Just follow God. And uh, sometimes he moves you in that direction. Sometimes he moves you down. And we'll maybe have to do a episode on when it's right to leave a large church for a smaller church. Um, that would be a great idea. Yeah. Um, but that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we will check it next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.